My instinct was to not show up today. Heat. The conversations aren't real. You want to talk about the conversations we just had? Yeah, we might as well. Welcome back to Buckle Up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 32. So we had a long pregame today, Michael. Didn't we, we did. We did. Um, in the spirit of that conversation, why don't you go ahead? Um, I mean, I talked about our feelings um, for a little while. Um, I don't know. Where do we start? I, I sent Ami a, uh, a was it a passive aggressive text last night? It was I think it was pretty aggressive. Yeah, yeah. You were coming in hot. I came in hot. Um, we 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 get some feedback that that we interrupt each other. Um, some people think Ami interrupts more than I do. Um, and uh, we joked about it before with like the listening stuff. Um. But for what for a number of reasons, just last night I was editing the episode, just watching, you know, our thirtieth hour of talking, and it just like really got under my skin. And so I said, Ami, the interrupting is real. You gotta watch the episodes and hear how you sound, because this isn't a conversation. <laughs> um <laughs> you, what do you, you wanna do Trump? What do you wanna do? <laughs> The conversations aren't real. I hear you. <laughs> I will say that embarking on creative endeavors and partnering up to do these things always reach moments of tension and friction. Mm -hmm. That's how you get good stuff. It's out of that friction. That's how you get good stuff. Heat. Energy. Uh, and honesty. And the trick to good creative endeavors is trust and respect. Not a lot of affection, but <laughs> trust and respect. With the band, I used to be asked a lot, like, how does it work? And you always trust and respect. Even if you disagree, you have trust that everyone's got the best intentions. And they're always coming from a good place. Even if their execution, <laughs> even if something can come in and be... Uh, interpreted harshly or felt harshly, if you assume positive intent, it's all for legitimate reasons. So I would say all the feedback's important. And uh, if there's too much interrupting, that comes with, I think, doing things more and getting better at the podcast format. We also don't wear headphones, which I've heard, I, mm -hmm. I mean, we don't have to. I don't mm -hmm. really like to. But if you're wearing headphones and someone's audio is, and someone's voice is right in your head, you tend to interrupt less. Joe Rogan talks about that a lot. He makes everyone wear headphones always. He looks amazing in headphones. <laughs> if I had a head like him. Yeah. So he said, I don't like not having headphones because they're too much interruption. And if you watch Schultz Flagrant versus his episode, I mean, it's insane. So They also have the lav mics now. I know. Which so, I find um, interesting. Yeah. Well, remember we, I said last time they have these like crazy long-armed things. Mm -hmm. They're like absurd anyway. Um, they've gotten this, these funny critiques about their new setup and all that. Some people like the, you know, the nerds of podcast world uh -huh. are like writing reviews on that. Everyone's talking about it in the podcast world. But back to the main point for one second, just to wrap this point up. So Michael brought up some things that were aggravating to him, to me. And rather than get defensive, I heard him. 
Um, and I rolled my eyes when he turned away. <laughs> no. Uh, and I just think having hard conversations is a skill and takes a certain amount of maturity. So I'm glad you brought, the, brought it up to me. My instinct was to not show up today. That was definitely my instinct. So, mm. I, but I, 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 I came. We talked. We yeah, talked, we talked. It was hard. You were gonna not show up today. I mean, I was gonna find a way. I was out. just gonna ghost you. Yeah, I was gonna be like, I'm not feeling well or something. Like my instinct was definitely to like ignore it, <laughs> and and like let it pass. Um, Even after I brought up recording today. No, not no. I mean, I decided to not do that. Um, but. Right. Um, but I, mean, I, I mean, it was it would have been a lot easier to just not talk about it. Right. I was feeling um, that I'm like, here, where, where, where's the text? Like, let's just do it tomorrow or some other day or whatever. I was like, where's the text coming? I was waiting. Yeah, no, these things you got to, uh, you just got, you can't put them off. Yeah. If there's something difficult to do, you just got to do it. My friend uh, Mo Septimus has great advice. He said, when you're when you're moving out, move the heaviest thing first. Because mm. like you're not gonna have energy for it at the end of the day. Just do it. Get the get 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 the most difficult thing out of the way, and then and then move on. Was he talking about actually moving out or have hard no, conversations? Like, no, like generally, if, if you have things to do, do the most difficult thing one first. Mm, that's good. Like. Yeah, so like you just got to, well, like if we weren't going to do it today, when, when were we going to do it? You know? Yeah, and then it's not fresh. Yeah. But what um, was the issue besides? I think, I think the issue was uh, it's rare that two friends, every every friend, you have a dynamic with every friend conversationally, like where... You're more of the audience, you're more of the performer, you're more of the listener, you're more of the talker, whatever it is. And it it's usually just is what it is. But now that we're talking intentionally for over an hour a week, plus everything else, like um, those things like come, sort of come to the surface more. Um, so thinking like some of the dynamics we have off mic um, started are starting to bother me, which is fine if I just don't want to show up, but, uh, but I want to do this for, for hundreds of episodes. Mm-hmm. So we gotta, we gotta, if it's bothering me, we gotta figure it out. Cause, um, otherwise it's not gonna, it's just not gonna be, it's not gonna have longevity. It reminds me of like when people started becoming roommates mm-hmm. post high school. <laughs> yes. And it's like everyone's got a dynamic. Everybody with every single individual, you have a dynamic. You have an understanding. And it's all good. Then you start to see other sides of them when you enter new context. Right. So someone you thought was fine as a classmate and a hang is now your roommate. And things can things can turn into just more intense spaces. They can turn in more intense right. ways. You can get on each other's throats in ways you never thought were there. Or you travel. And by the and in the beginning, it's like, ah, but then by the end, you're like, Dude, can you not sit on my bed? <laughs> and you're like, whoa. You just see yeah. other sides of people. So not everyone you can hang with at a restaurant is someone you could room with. Not everybody you can room with is someone you could travel with. Not everyone you could travel with is someone you can marry. It's just different combinations. And not everyone you could just hang with and be buds with, you could do a podcast with. So it takes a rare combination. So we start to notice those things, and we address them. And we speak openly about them. And uh, you're a dick. <laughs> but no, for real. See, I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it's fair. You got to be able to have the conversation. It's not that tough. It's just like no. Okay. I, th- I, th- I think you did a good job listening and taking it and digesting it. And I'm glad we talked. Yeah. I feel better. Yeah, feel, I feel better. better. Yeah. Also, I don't want to like. I was like walking around being annoyed at you, and I'm mm. like, I don't want to be annoyed at a friend of mine. Like that. That sucks. Also. Yeah, I would you know? cancel this podcast in a heartbeat. Yeah. If it meant anything like that shit. <laughs> Get a new co-host. Um, <laughs> 
Also, we were coming off a lot of me shit, to be fair, too. I could I was see coming off of Econ. Econ and all that crap. And I I do as a shortcoming or something to watch out for. We all have our things. And I get like self-involved and like I'm putting out like I'm trying to build it. We're trying to build like audiences yeah. on social media. And you're putting out stuff constantly. And it's always like, look at this. Check this out. And you're always very, very good at being organically curious and encouraging and supportive. And I could probably do a better job when it comes to your stuff at returning the favor. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'd appreciate it. You know. Uh, coming off of Econ, Econ wasn't the time to bring it up because it was like literally a celebration of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and as as it should be. Right. Um, but it was probably mixed up with that a little yeah, bit. I'm, yeah, I'm just saying everything will have its lingering effects or influences. And it's more about like what happens afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like I had said something to you that like you're like I was still on that trip and you were finally talking about something to do with you, like getting involved. Something something was of yours was featured somewhere you mentioned to me. Yeah, it was in uh, like uh, the Milk Road, a crypto newsletter. Um, that what I is that? <laughs> Tell the folks. Um, this is weird. <laughs> well, we did speak about yeah, it, but no, honestly, maybe I wasn't is, listening the first time. Um, you know the guy Sean Puri? He does the My First Million podcast. Yes. He's a really interesting guy. He has um, he has sort of put all his energy into becoming like a Web three content media Covered? company. So he has a daily newsletter called The Milk Road. I think it's based on The Silk Road. I think that's the name. And he puts out, like, these bullet-pointed, fun, funny little digests of everything that happened the day before in crypto. Um, And when I read that, that's how I decided to do my newsletter because I was like, um, this is a pleasure to open up. Like, it's a delight to read this in the morning. I look forward to it and all that. What am I doing wrong here? Um, So, uh... So yeah, and, and it's growing. Um, it's like it's like a, a big deal in the in the crypto space, um, as much as anything is. It's in the written form or video. Yeah, no, it's right now. It's a written newsletter, mm-hmm. which is like um, when people write, it's like they put letters together and make words and mm. sentences, and then there's no pictures. No pictures. No pictures. Just um, well, letters are like pictures. So the pictures of letters that are English. Yeah, it's like a picture of a letter, right? And then if you put enough of those pictures together, you get a word. That's the next thing. It's yeah, no, it's crazy. It's like old but new. It's mm. cool. Um, <laughs> reading but I'm saying you get on the newsletter by signing up you have to actively sign up to receive his updates you sign up yeah 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 how else would you do it I never do this yeah you put your email address in and then it comes to your inbox every morning yeah and then um, and then you read it and then you learn a thing <laughs> but he's building his audience this way is my question by people just proactively getting on board well I'm, I'm trying to learn from how he's doing but yeah he sends out a really interesting newsletter that's how it starts he's really good at shamelessly pushing i'm trying to build a million subscriber newsletter Mm -hmm. and i want you to forward this to a friend and share it on twitter and facebook please do that like shameless and then they have a referral program that is like this email platform that we're using is like famous for like you can help friends sign up or whatever which I, i don't think really works that well but um Remind me his name again, full I think name. It's Sean Puri, S S H A A N P U R E. Because right? I've seen my first million on TikTok. I've seen videos of the, that. The Indi- I think he's Indian, the Indian guy. Okay. The dark skinned guy. Does he do the all in stuff too? I don't or know. Or is that, that a different is. guy? All in podcast? You've told me about it, all in. Oh, the is no he? about the, the finance guys? Yeah. No, I don't think it I don't it's think a different so. guy. It's a different guy. 
Yeah. My first million. I'm trying. I've definitely seen stuff where they cover like chess.com and they've covered a bunch of things of how people did it. Yeah. But I don't remember an Indian guy. I remember somebody else. And it was um, like a podcast. There's form. a white guy and an Indian okay. guy. So maybe I've seen yeah. both. Um, he's, yeah, he's, a, he's, he's just like a very savvy, uh, savvy guy. Um, and yeah. he's trying to, and he's building this base by getting people to proactively sign up, but they share an article that's public. Like though, I could find it if I search for it, even though I'm not on the email chain. Um, I think every email gets published to a website as well. Mm. So if you put a link to it, you you can go see that day's email in a, in a, in a website form also. But mo- mostly, what you do is like you're like he's like if you tweet out um, a link to subscribe and send me a screenshot of it, I'll enter you into a contest to win one Ethereum or something. Like he'll do things like that. So he's incentivizing the word of mouth. Yeah, so that that's like his thing. Or like he says, I put together a PDF of what ten crypto billionaires personally told me they're investing in right now. If you share this on Facebook and send me the whatever, you I'll send you the PDF. And this is how you've been repeatedly early to things by being in these spaces. Um, is it? Because like sometimes you're like I'm aware of certain trends. This, and this is a good example of like I think in five years a lot of people will know this guy's name, mm. and a lot of people. I th- I think he's gonna have. Uh, he said he said today he's gonna have a hundred million dollar company. This newsletter is gonna be worth a hundred million dollars. I don't think he's crazy because I, I think when crypto is doing well, everybody wants to get in on it. And and what's great about crypto newsletters is you think if I subscribe to it. Maybe in some form or another, I'll find out about something early and I'll make a hundred thousand dollars. So mm-hmm. why not give him my email address and and let it come to my inbox? That's that's like the magic of of a crypto newsletter. But yeah, I think I'm early on this. I think it's going to be a big deal. And what happened with something you wrote? So I, we were going to VCon and I was trying to get someone to pay me to write an article about it, so it could like cover the hotel. So I reached out to them. Said, hey, I'm Michael Harris Weber. I'm a screenwriter. I'm going to this conference convention. I think it's going to be this historic thing. You reach out to this newsletter? To yeah, to the guy who wrote mm-hmm. it. Yeah, to to Sean. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I uh, do you want? Would you be interested in like including a link or something? I could write it for you guys if mm-hmm. you want. And then his his producer Ben Levy wrote back to me, Hey, Michael, I got your email. Um, I'm a really big fan of your work. I saw 500 Days of Summer. Um, my friend actually has a huge crush on Zoe Deschanel. Uh, tell me what you have in mind. And if you Google Michael Harris Weber screenwriter, the guy who wrote 500 Days of Summer is named Michael Harris Weber. I, I remember this because you've told me this. So. so I do that sometimes. I let people make that mistake um, because I know they're going to do that. And then I go, hey, I'm, I'm actually another Michael Weber, but now that we're talking, let's talk. And it's happened like a couple of times. You catch them on the faux pas, and there you go. And yeah, and they're and they're like, yeah, and they're a little embarrassed. It's good, it's good. Mm-hmm. And so he, and so then we were talking back and forth, and he was basically like, we're, "We're we're really curious to do something like this. Send me all the crypto stuff you've written." And I was like, "Well, I don't have any crypto stuff. I have f- fiction and this and screenplays and stuff." And and this was did, Sean directly responding. No, this was his like producer mm-hmm. Ben. Um, and 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 he's and I'm like he's like, what are you looking for? I'm like, I'm just looking for a few hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. He's like, great, send me your samples. I send them to him, and I never heard back from mm-hmm. him. And then the, I think the day before VCon, he's like, hey man, totally forgot about this. Are you are you still at the convention? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, send me all your thoughts. So I so I sent them to him, and then they put my thoughts in the newsletter, like along with some other like crypto investors. They're like, here's what Michael has to say about it. And here's him on Twitter, um, which is cool. <laughs> I, 
I didn't get that at all when you told me that the first time. What did you think when I told you? Or you didn't, it didn't. I don't even yeah. know. Maybe I was distracted. Maybe you dropped out on the phone or maybe you said it in sort of passing and I was thinking NFT, NYC. Was it on the pod we spoke about it? So I told Ami when I, the first time I told him that story, his response was, do you think I should go as Gary Vaynerchuk to NFT, NYC? Um, just totally, just totally didn't, didn't um, absorb it. Um, what would you ask? What would you ask? <laughs> I have loud thoughts. I talk to myself. Yeah, so, so do I. You ever talk out loud? Did yeah. I catch you doing that once? I talk, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, be yeah. like in, in my head. And people who are like me, people who, you know, musicians, comedians, whatever. I, my dad does it. My brother does it. I do my, the characters I'm writing. I do their voices. I'll talk in like a British accent. Exactly. Yeah. And I won't hear things. Like I don't. And my wife gets annoyed about it too, but I'll be like, I'll just be in this space. Uh-huh. And sometimes you'll think I'm there, but it's like in that movie, uh, Click. Click. Yeah. So sometimes that's the case, yeah. and I might have missed it, or sometimes I just hear something, I go, oh, and I think of something, and it just consumes my head. No, I, I do that too. I, I don't know that I do it because no one's telling me. Yeah. A, a friend of mine once told me, um, He's like, I was like, you want to get together? This was in high school. He's like, I was like, you want to get together or something? Me in the city. He's like, no, I'm actually sitting shiva this week uh, for my my grandparents. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, man, I'm so sorry. He's like, yeah, I told you last week. I was like, I was like, my grandparents died, and you were like, oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little, that's a little different probably than what happened when you told me this. I think in this case, I might have heard what you said, but maybe you kind of underplayed it. And I will, I, I will did. tend to. I'm, I did, I did. I overplay stuff. I get excited and I try to like, I try to calm myself down. And you'll try to like casually mention mention something. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm not blaming you. All I'm saying is I probably heard it and thought it was like, oh, cool. But I didn't really connect how big of a deal it was for you. Right. right. Which it was. There was this whole backstory of pursuit of trying to get this. In my mind, I thought you were going to VCon and you were going to write something and cover it. But I didn't quite understand the thread to this world that you had been really following and had your sort of sights on it. Because right. I'm, I'm personally very out on my sleeve. Like, you know why I'm there and what I plan to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking about myself too much. And, you're, and you don't talk about yourself as uh, maybe enough. Uh-huh. Or I'm not blaming you, but maybe yeah. I am. No, it's fair. It's, fair. Um, if you're not, well, it's th- just different styles and temperaments. But I'm always like, oh, yeah, and I'm, hopefully I'm going to be able to do that. I don't talk about it to everybody, but mm-hmm. to people who are – good listeners and interested i'm telling them and it's not like i wasn't interested but maybe i didn't quite didn't stick to me exactly what you were telling me yeah, yeah. um yeah. and again well, i mean because the truth is in in uh compared to what you did at vcon mm-hmm. i mean it truly isn't a big deal i got like like three like big crypto people followed me on twitter like mm-hmm. it not a lot came from it but it's a big deal in the sense of like it's I tr- a win it's it's a win i tried and it like i tried like with a fair amount of effort, yeah. not that hard, but I actually tried and like it paid off like immediately. And, and it was, it was like we talk about here. It came from what we talk about. Right. It was like, shoot your shot, see what yeah. happens, try a couple of things and, and who knows where it's going to lead. Um, it sounded like it also is an example of you established rapport with somebody that you once were an admirer of and now have, have elevated it to a little bit more of a collegial status in which you've done, you know, everyone's like chicken or egg. How do you get that first thing? How do you get through the door? So now you, you've you put a wedge in the door. Yeah, and, and what's cool about this especially is, is, like I said, like I sort of get in on these things, like not super early but earlier than others. Mm-hmm. So, like, I you know, I have this guy's email address now just because he only has 25,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. When he has a million subscribers, you're not going to be able to get in touch with this guy. 
um, which is cool. And the next guy who says, hey, send me some of the stuff you've done, this just gives you one extra thing you've done. Right. So it's more than the micro win of that. It's the macro of like being able to leverage this now to the next thing. And then eventually you're building something pretty significant. Right. Right. You know? So yeah. I think that's a big deal, much bigger deal than you might even realize. Right. Not how many followers did you get from it? Because a lot of times, one of, some of the things we talk about is like we're always looking at things. I think we were talking about this with the guy who was filming at VCon. We look at everything so transactionally. Well, I have to get this guy to fund this thing in order to make this movie. How do I get that to happen? And it's sort of like you have to do the thing, figure out a way to do the things first, and then the buzz follows, and then the success follows, and then the things follow based on output. Mm -hmm. So the challenge is how to figure out how to efficiently get stuff out there without breaking the bank, without going into your, without you know going into your pockets, but figuring out how to be resourceful enough to make these things happen. Because in order for things to happen. And to get an audience, you have to make something. In order to make something, you have to have somebody pay for it. In order to get somebody to pay for it, you have to build an audience. So it's this constant, where do you start chicken or egg thing? Yeah. So you now have a chicken. Right. <laughs> right, which is why I want to finish. I have to finish this VCon piece. But also making it less, um, more like broadly about NFTs. But anyway, yeah, I just want to finish it just so I have it. And, and, and then follow your advice. Like you said, actually, then proactively be like, hey, Ben, I finished this thing. Mm -hmm. Check it out. Hey, Variety, hey, whoever, here's a piece. I know you're not going to publish it, but if you like the writing, let's be in touch. There's also something very satisfying about um, about making something that you know has legs somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just speculation. I'll make this thing and hopefully someone will read it. Like You were mission-driven and you knew you had an outlet for whatever you were going to do here to get it to some people that it could add value to. Right. That's big. You know, mm -hmm. I'm saying that's that's satisfying when it works because you're always when you're creating or writing or anything, any song one person makes, any article you like, it, it's very nice for it to find some sort of home. That's like a good gratifying feeling. Yeah, and I think it's easier to work on stuff when you know there's like a, a one percent chance it could go somewhere. Yeah, it's motivating because yeah. it's very hard. It's very easy to be reactive when you have stuff. Hey, can you write this thing for my publication? Then you're on it. Right. When you have to sort of manufacture that drive, that's right. challenging. Right, right, right. Yeah. Props. Thanks. Very cool. Thank you. That's really cool. <laughs> I am ecstatic <laughs> for you. I really am, though, now that I understand that, because I'm not in the newsletter world at all. To be, I'll be... It's, it's a little bit shocking how little understanding you have of it. It's like, a, it's a pretty... I know about, like, email. I just, I, I know what it is conceptually, email yeah. lists and all the things, but that's the kind of stuff I just, I don't, I don't consume at all. But don't you like the Daily Wire doesn't have a thing? You don't you don't read anything. You don't read articles and on Twitter I'll read a little bit of an article, but yeah. most of my media is consumed through the visual. Mm -hmm. Just being honest, like I'll read uh, I read some nonfiction books here and there. I actually have been needing a new book to sit with for a while. I like having that on downtime, mm -hmm. just to, like sit with a book. It took me like two and a half years to finish Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying at my yeah. pace, like that's how I read. I yeah, didn't read in high school, way. didn't read in college. I'm a slow reader. Yeah. And I'm much more my appetite is much more for like little clips, small things, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Yeah. When I come across articles, if I don't subscribe to New York Times, like I get the first couple of things, I'm like, ah, forget it. But mm -hmm. I'm not in that space that maybe you're in, which is I guess articles and write ups and things. It's not the I'm not in I'm yeah. not on that media. Yeah. So much. 
I guess um, I'm wondering if that makes me special. I feel like a lot of people are. Are I mean, newsletters are like you know you know Substack right? Mm-hmm. It's like I think they just fail to raise money, so that maybe it's not as big as they think it is. Um, but writers leaving newspapers and starting their own newsletter is like a really big trend right now. Interesting. Um, so like if you work for the New York Times, they'll they'll pay you. Let's say you're a you're a celebrity. Let's say you're a celebrity columnist. I don't know. Whatever. Let's say you'll you'll get paid three hundred thousand dollars a year by the New York Times. But if you leave the New York Times and start Substack is Patreon for newsletters. Mm-hmm. You start a Patreon for newsletters. When you say newsletter, mm-hmm. is that Good a question. synonymous with blog? In that that is where blogs have now gone. Instead of writing a blog post, you'll write a blog post and send it directly to someone's inbox. That's all it is. But what's a, what, what is a vlog? I'm seeing these kids with the V. Too. And, and <laughs> that sounds like a boomer. Is that a blog? <laughs> what is the internet? <laughs> and then with it's a personalized. You're you're building an audience that way. The difference is though you you can get paid subscribers. So you you'll say we I have two tiers: a, a free tier and a paid tier. Mm-hmm. For the free tier, you'll get one newsletter. Every two weeks for the page for $5 a month, you'll get one every day. Um, so instead of going to New York times.com and clicking on like Ross Duthat's um, column, I'll just pay Ross Duthat $5 a month and he'll send me awesome stuff. And instead of making $300,000 a year, getting paid by the times, he'll make like a million dollars a year. Cause that's how much he's really worth. Like that's how you see what your, what your value is. So for me, I think it's a semantics thing. Like I know that people build up a blog and have a following of people who read this guy's blog independent from a mainstream legacy publication and newsletters is just a way to cultivate that community. And what you're saying is that Substack is like an aggregator of various newsletter creators, people who built, but but it's all through the app, right? You have followers on Substack. That's exactly it. The the difference is that you own the email addresses through Substack. So Mm. it's not like Facebook where, it's not like Instagram where if I have followers on Instagram, I can't contact them any other way than through Instagram. Mm. With Substack, um, they're they're just a broker. They they say, hey, you want to sign up for this guy's address? Give him your email and I will facilitate it. How do they make money? They they take a cut of every subscription, but if Matt Taibbi or Ross Duthat or whoever wanted to leave, he could take all of his readers with him. So the question about Substack is: at a certain point, they they become sort of valueless because the bigger you get on Substack, the more valuable it is for you to leave and fuck Substack. Is it an interface thing? People like reading on Substack the way they feature your work? No, no. I mean that's that's the problem with Substack. It's just uh, they're they're a good service that allows you to easily sign up and and receive the the email as opposed to going to some other person's random Joe Schmo website. Put your email in and then you'll get their thing. You exactly. go to Substack and it's like, oh, right. my Taibbi, this guy, and you can yeah, have Barry your, Weiss, your ten Substacks. Like, I, and now they have an app. You could read them all in one place. Mm-hmm. But, okay, um, so service for the consumer is a little better. Yeah, it's it's easy for the consumers. The question is, is it worth twenty percent of your revenue as a writer? Like, if you're making a million dollars a year, do you want to pay two hundred thousand dollars to Substack to like help you collect email addresses? I don't know. They have to offer something a little more That's proprietary the to the right con- to when the creator, they and they can't figure it out. So they they mm. they're trying to to say, well, you don't just bring your we don't just bring you your existing readers. We help you find new readers, but it's not really true. Interesting. So this yeah. is all interesting to me because this is the writer's world. We spend a lot of time yeah. talking about the content creator world. Yeah. And that's like videos and and maybe songs like that and like uh, that kind of media. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff I do. And you, what you're talking about is all very parallel. Like you have these, you know, 
you want to get a song on a big TV show, like you want to get your article in a big publication. It's like the publication has eyes on it. So you want your words there. But with time, just like every other sub-industry, it sounds like just and people, we talked about this when we talked about like Crystal and Cigar and the pod, the way the podcast world has mm-hmm. disrupted legacy news media, you know, in terms of written media, Substack, newsletters, blogs, which were the sort of fetal stages of that, mm-hmm. have disrupted that. Yeah. I guess I'm surprised. I'm surprised you don't know about it because like Cigar, every, all these people all have Substacks. I did not discover them until they showed up on YouTube or Rogan. Right, right, but they all you in, did in addition, like Cigar and JD has a Substack. Everyone has. A, I have never a, read anything from any of these people. Yeah, neither have I. But I know, I know that they're that they're on. I guess you just don't pay attention. These are the pl- that's the yeah. spaces online that you frequent. I guess no. I just hear him talking about it. He's like, "Thanks for listening to this episode. Catch me on Substack. Catch me on Patreon." Like they just say it. Oh, I'm a clips guy. Ah, uh, that's also a thing. Hundred percent. Right. You are bet. You you listen to full length everything. I do. Yeah. And I don't. I do. That's um, a problem I have actually. I, maybe I, I think mine is a, for me to not listen to a whole episode. Mine might be a problem. The opposite end. I'm only maybe. doing clips. Yeah. You you get like that. I like listening to like a whole episode of Sh- like Andrew Schultz because like you get a sense for like you get a sense for like the project. A hundred percent. The dynamic between the hosts. You and like everything. listening to the whole album, and I'm like a singles guy. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but it's but but I would think you'd find it interesting because I listen to it for the people. Like I like to know that Akash and and Schultz like there's something weird going on, or like with um, Impulsive. Like if you listen to the whole thing, you catch that like Logan Paul doesn't really think the co-host is a great comedian. Like he'll <laughs> George. Say, yeah, yeah. Be like like that's the, those are the things you catch when you. I don't think you should. I think your way is the right way. I'll mm-hmm. tell you why. Because I was going to say, where do you find the time to sit for three hours on a flagrant two? I don't watch. I don't sit and watch it. I you, listen while I do other stuff. You listen to flagrant two? I'll, I'll have the. You, I listen to podcasts usually, but with that one specifically, I think they're they're very visual, visual. So I'll keep YouTube on in the background. And while I'm doing other stuff. This is wise. I will tell you why. While I cut a reel, if I have, like, we're talking about, like, in between taking a shit and washing your hands, like, mm. if I have five seconds, I'll hit play, mm. listen, and then hit pause. And move things along. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I was thinking about yeah. this a lot. How to better waste my time. Mm-hmm. I've been asking myself. Because there's different ways to waste time. And I was going to tell you, Michael, I don't have the time to watch the whole Tim Dillon episode for two hours or the whole flagrant two. I saw great clips of it. And if it's somebody I'm really interested in, like there was a few Rogan episodes. I watched the whole thing. Cause I'm like, I really want to get the experience. So I like committed and worked my way through pretty much. But even most of those, sometimes I'll make it halfway. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of the Tim, De- Tim Dillon episodes with Gomez, where they talk about the LA podcast scene. I wanted to see how they get to that point. And I'm still halfway through. It takes me a long time, Yeah, but most of the time, I'm doing it the way which I think is probably much more unhealthy and much less enriching, which is because uh, I'll say I don't have the time and then I'll probably for the same amount of hours, if not more, 
watch clips of ne- of, of absolute meaningless nothingness. And you're also watching old clips from like 2017 this service year. Like you probably a- anything, just go any- clip, clip, clip. I just yeah. yeah, I will just pull it up and whatever's featured to me I'll do or TikTok is the for you page. Like that's the yeah. kind of way I consume media. So I come across the hey, did you see this guy? I saw that Rogan was on flagrant too. I saw a highlight clip of it. I'm very much into the like thumbnail title ooh and the way they bait me there that's all geared at, at yeah. me that's the kind of user yeah. i am and i've been thinking to myself man like i was talking to my brother-in-law and some other people and you're an example of this where you're like watching entire series of television and getting at least artistically exposed to what they're trying to do as on the whole right. on either a whole episode or you watch all the series i saw that whole series and you are getting better art i think in terms of quality control and experience than I am. Because I'm probably wasting as much time, but what I'm doing is just sporadically going through all these different things, like candy, fast right. food, and just... But, but what you get out of it is um, you have an eye now for a clip, like the art of the clip. Of course. Right. I don't know if it's better or worse, but what you're saying is certainly true. You get something out of watching an entire impulsive episode with an interesting guest that you don't get with a short but you do develop a certain sensibility because i maybe because i'm making this stuff so that's why it appeals to me yeah like these short little clips because i'm also doing it so yeah. maybe that's why i'm also but it's just the way i am maybe a little bit more add like i like a quick laugh and a quick thing and a this and that but um yeah yeah like with stand-up sets i just back to the the art of bet wasting time in a better way like i there are a lot, there i'm just way way backlogged on things i want to i, I want to watch yeah. there's a stand up special i want to watch there's the show i want to watch what happens is when you spend so much time in this sh- in this short form drivel of just constant you're missing entire things right. everyone's like you should watch obi-wan i heard it's awesome i'm like i'm not a star wars guy but i heard the series is done really well so i said to myself the other day after a whole like youtube binge of shorts like, man, maybe that last hour would have been better spent watching a really good episode of something. I think so. I don't, I don't think it's objectively better, but it does make your brain feel a little bit better. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying if it's all escapism anyway, yeah. watch a nice interview, well, a nice episode, yeah. a nice thing in its entirety yeah. to its completion with an arc. Right. I guess like you're getting pure promotion. Like all, all you're getting exact, you're getting all what those people want you to see, and like I think where the where the learning happens more is like in between those moments. Like I I don't watch it as a, as a chore. I watch it because like I I legitimately enjoy watching Logan Paul ask his guest a question and then go down on his phone and go like that. Mm. Like like I'm like I'm like that's fascinating that Logan Paul does that. I just think it's you're a, yeah. You're sitting down to a meal. And I'm eating fast food constantly. It's not that they're different. They're both food. Yeah. One isn't promotion because I'm watching entertainment. But it's basically like quick fix. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, when you're traveling and you're just eating only candy and snacks, yeah. eventually you just feel like shit. But you're eating a nice meal and you're taking your time yeah. with it. You're like cooking it. You're watching it. It's sort of like we're consuming similar things but very different ways. Oh, and you're getting a different thing out of it. But um, You're getting a different kind of nourishment. No, but we're both eating fast food. I'm just, I guess I'm just like, um, I, I, I don't think the, the, the quality of it is that different, but I think it does something to your brain when you're on, when you're op, when you're only training your brain to look for the highlights. Like I only want, I only want the, the good bites. I only mm-hmm. want the good bites. I don't want the last little bite of the, like, 
it, it, it just, it, it does something to your eyes where like, that's all you want to see. I know. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm, it's okay. You're eating a gourmet burger. I'm eating a McDonald's burger. No, no, no. But I'm saying I, I'm also eating the McDonald's burger. You're just like cutting out the middle, so you don't have to eat like the crust. <laughs> no, no, but no, but there's a difference to, to the experience of getting through the crust. But like, it's not like I'm healthier than you are. But you're also having fries and a drink and a smoothie. <laughs> How far can we take this analogy? I don't know. We know what we're saying. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I just think it's more like how you feel when you're done with it versus how I feel when I'm done yeah. with it. I certainly laughed and got entertained and right. escaped, but I also feel like, ooh. And I feel longing. I don't think you long to watch right. the short clips I'm watching. I am longing for content where right. I'm, I get a real sense of something. There's a lot of specials that just keep – like comedy specials is a good example of like I, I definitely love it, but I'm watching clips of stand-up and I don't get a sense of somebody's act. So I'm not exposing myself, I don't think, to a healthy dose of creative nutrition. Especially with comedy, you have to learn how like you're the whole – the whole act, the, yeah, like you said, the whole act leads. Mm -hmm. It's all one piece. I think everything yeah. we've spoken about that we both like, I'm not Norm, or this and that. I've seen it in clip form, and you've maybe seen it in longer form. And I think you get a yeah. certain value out of that that you don't get. Maybe what maybe what you're saying is I get a sense of how cre how to create these things in ways that work. That's I, what say, I'm saying, yeah. I can create a good short reel, nice and snappy. Right. Sure. Right. But for me, as a consumer of these things, what I think as a creative, it's just as important to create and to consume. Because, like, you're feeding your inspiration a little right. bit. And when you do it too much on this quick fix stuff, like, I think if I watched the entire series of, you're not going to like this example, but Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, as mm -hmm. opposed to a highlighted clip of him sitting with Bill Burr in a coffee shop, great clip. But if I watched the whole episode, and instead of, if every, for every clip I watched, I watched a full episode of it, it might have been, it might be better for me in terms of, nourishing my yeah. creativity and, and and intrigue and curiosity and for every tim dylan clip i've yeah. seen i've actually watched a whole the whole thing yeah um and the time argument doesn't work because i, I spent as much right. time on, a, on like 70 short clips versus one singular long well, episode i wonder if at some point there's gonna be like a job function of like they'll pitch comedian in cars getting coffee and and say like we're not going to waste our time with all the B-roll of, like, the outside of the car, the inside. Like, let's just get 15 minutes of them talking in the car and put it up on YouTube. Like, that is the show. <laughs> I, Why not? Because you can't. Why not? Edit it that way? The reason they get these no, no, good no, clips is from a long shoot. No, no, I'm saying they, they, they do the shoot, but there's a difference. Well, they but, just put out say, clips. Yeah, they just put out clips, but they're also not wasting time with, like, let's get them walking into the restaurant. Like, th it takes time to set that stuff up and, like, let's get an intro of the car and outside, inside and do a little thing. And, like, that all takes time and money. But, like, like, get in the car, start talking. We're going to chop it up. Don't worry about it. No, yeah. no, no one wants to see all that bullshit anyway. Oh, I think the B-roll is beautiful. A good YouTube video and vlog is a beautiful, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. Oh, part of the clip is you need that. Part of the clip might be you need that, and I think the way you get these, it's a sculpture. Like, yeah. you need to start with the stone. But you don't need to shoot all of it. <laughs> I don't know, because you sometimes get the best things, like the happy accidents. Yeah. You shoot, and you edit it down. Yeah. People's attention spans, that's a whole different thing, yeah. where it's like, where things are at now is pretty remarkable in terms of, like, how people consume things in these 30 to 60 minute forms. Well, t Tim Dillon also said like, uh, like, I mean, you said with like Schultz, like, um, oh, sorry, what were you saying about 30, 60 minutes forms? I just interrupted you. I was just <laughs> saying that I'll be watching a 60 second video and I'll yeah. be like, how long is this video? Oh man, it's under a minute. <laughs> It'll catch me of how everyone knocks it. Like, oh, everyone's yeah. attention spans and all this kind of crap where 
You know, back in the day, it was 26-minute sitcoms. That's what all we watched was these long chunks with commercials. Yeah. So I'm just always struck by what's available to us in, in you know, 7-second, 15-second, 30-second. I mean, this is an obvious generic point everyone makes about the internet yeah. now. But everyone knocks it. It's like, oh, there's no attention span anymore. There's none of this. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel it's, about it. It's just that... Like you're saying, there's a specialty in just short form stuff. I'm making yeah. this VCon blog, and before I, I said I, I'm going to make this whole thing a vlog, which I am going to do. But if I waited to do that, then I'd be like so slow on the rollout of the other stuff. So I'm starting with just clips mm-hmm. in sequence, mm-hmm. which is telling me the story, and it is telling a story. But I'm doing it now with TikTok, which means every clip ends with "Stay tuned for part five, part six, as opposed to one ten minute vlog. Right. Um, and I'm just struck by. That that feels like the right thing to do. It feels like the way it's connecting is yeah. is the proper way. Well, you introduced me to this world of Instagram, TikTok Reels, which which is that is the world. I mean, like people who comment on our on our Reels have no idea of who we, of like who, especially me. Like I think it's a lot of your fans. But like they think I'm like a a leftist. <laughs> Like a leftist, like uh, anti Joe Rogan, like vegan. They think you bombed the Pentagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they think you more like Bill Ayers' uh, protege. Yeah, they have no, they have no understanding at all because just they watch these thirty second clips. Um, yeah, that's but funny. That, too. That's a way people consume. You're you're making a great case for Quibi. You remember, you, you know, Quibi failed. The way you talk about it though is like if I if I heard you talk of like this, and then I heard a bunch of thirteen year olds talk about this the way I watch TV, I'd be like, Quibi sounds like a great service. Like we want seven minute shows. We don't want a twenty six minute and show. Why did Quibi fail? I remember in talks at the time about it, like getting involved with Quibi and making stuff for it, and yeah. it never. If, it was it was Katzenberg. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, it failed because no one was downloading the app. They, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it seems like no one wanted a seven-minute show. But maybe they were too early. Maybe in, in five years people actually will want seven-minute TV shows. We've seen before, right, that like something strikes and you're like, you know, there's actually a lot of ideas and seedlings for this at the time that didn't break at the right intersection right. of whatever. Like when all these teenagers and adolescents come of age and they're like, I have $10 a month to spend. I'm like out of college. Mm. Like maybe they're going to want a seven-minute show. Or maybe all these t- kids that grew up on TikTok yeah, and Instagram right. are not only come of age but are making stuff. Their right. shows will all be seven minutes long. That's a good point, right? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Where they're like, where they're like, well, like if if a 12 year old now will make comedians a reboot of comedian cars getting coffee, they're gonna think of it as like, why put it all together in a 30 minute thing? Let's just let's put it out. What's the point? Who knows? Well, I think maybe the problem with Quibi is it was made by people who didn't grow up with short form. Uh, Could be. Meaning they, they were Probably. like, let's try to tackle this to appeal to an audience in a world we don't understand. Right. So right. our storytelling doesn't work. Right. Um, well, yeah, well, the argument against it was like, there's nothing better on Quibi than than a, a, a TikTok that was free for someone to make. Like, mm. every TikTok is better than the shows you're bringing right. with TikTok on, on Quibi. That was the argument against it. Like, if you have seven minutes, go to TikTok. It's, you're going to enjoy it more. Right. Don't want, you, what do you have to watch? Like Original series. Yeah, like, like, uh, yeah, whoever, like, um, yeah. Yeah, just some original Like some, some contrived. celebrity, like, yeah, putting together a seven-minute thing. Um, what, like, I think Jordan Peterson has spoken about is that you have two things existing at the same time. The surge in short-form content and limited attention span having mass appeal. Mass. And the, do it. It's okay. You can do it. I'm not going to do a Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> And, and the rise of Joe Rogan being the number one podcast in the world, Which, and it's three hours long. Right. But it has clips, too. Yes. I, I think most people don't watch full episodes of Joe Rogan. Don't. I think he said that. Right. I think he said that. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Michael, we are about at time. Yeah. It was a productive conversation. This was fun. This was lovely. It was lovely. Thank you for. Uh, I I I should say that you uh, you took the feedback very well, and You're you, you didn't get defensive. And uh, I that's uh, that's I m- much love, much respect, props. That's I'm just I'm just doing this for the zoom in on me. It's the not end easy of this episode. To do. Right to my eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up, episode thirty-two of and this. counting. Uh, right? Yes. A very special episode. A handshake. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Right? (laughs)